Kate Bouchard is the founder and principal of Armature Collective. Armature is a group of freelancers who collaborate on incoming projects based on interest and expertise, and her business model is built on integrating life, work, and art. For this, she has been nominated for this year's RBC Women of Influence Awards and will be submitting in the Ones to Watch category. Her team is made up of freelancers who work remotely or meet up in local co-working spaces. To launch Armature, Kate planned and hosted Stories of Strength, which is a ticketed charity event in support of Downtown Eastside Women's Centre. She did a short film about female strength and resilience, and worked with a hand lettering artist she met on a work retreat called Unsettle, which was in Argentina, to create the collateral. Personally, she's worked anywhere from a beach in Mexico to a Vancouver working space or even a conference in Argentina, and she believes her work is better for it. Glow Radio is a podcast for sassy entrepreneurs who are in the process of quitting their much-hated day job to work for themselves full-time. You can expect weekly conversations with unapologetic creatives, business owners, and influencers. We discuss tips on how to reach your goals, manage your time, and keep your sanity while being a major boss babe. We are Jacqueline and Clara, your favorite hype women who will cheer you on and push you to create the life that you want. We have helped entrepreneurs make meaningful connections to grow their businesses. Glow Radio has been seen in Oprah Magazine, Thrive Global, and Pop Sugar Fitness. We hear you, girl. By popular demand, we have created a freebie for you entrepreneurs who don't want to waste time or money but want to start your own podcast. It is only seven simple steps and you don't need to break the bank. Make sure you stay with us until the end to find out how to get your copy. Hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Glow Radio Co. Stay sassy, babes. Hello, welcome everyone. We are so excited today. We have Kate Bouchard. Woo-hoo. She is the founder and principal of Armature Collective. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Good How are you today? I'm good. It's sunny outside. Yeah. I'm good. Vancouver. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the company for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I'm founder and principal of Armature Collective. Uh, At Armature, I lead a team of creative freelancers in delivering on our clients' marketing, branding, and graphic design needs. Um, I also am involved in independent film in Vancouver Mm -hmm. a little bit here and there. Um, I offer personal coaching services. And I'm on a few board of directors, uh, one of which is in Richmond, actually, for Gmail Community Services. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You wear a lot of hats. <laughs> I do, yeah. Do it all. I try. Not everything, but, you know, the stuff that I am involved in I'm really passionate about, so. That's good. Mm-hmm. So what were you doing before you founded your own company, and how did the idea kind of come about? Yeah, well, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, like, even as a, as a kid. Um, there was always a business idea that I had or a business plan I was working on over the years. Um, but before Armature Collective, I was with Doctors of BC. Um, I was with them for almost six years as their manager of marketing and digital communications. Mm. Um, And in my time there, I really got a lot of opportunity to get involved in um, the rebrand and renaming of the organization. Uh, It was over a hundred year old association of physicians and I got to lead in that project, which was such a great learning experience for me. 
Um, and then I also was involved in the website redevelopment, a large project for them there, and getting them launched on social back in the day. So when I first started there, um, you know, there was questions about should physicians even be on Twitter or like why would a physician's organization go on social media? Mm -hmm. So I got to lead them in launching that. Um, and then my background before Doctors of BC was I actually worked at a boutique advertising agency where my clients were retail and nonprofits. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, how did you get that job? <laughs> at Doctors of BC? Yeah. Like, actually, really... I worked with a, with a recruiter. I was, um, when I was at the advertising agency, I was there for, I think it was two or three years. And I really wanted to um, be involved with one brand because I worked with a lot of different clients and I wanted to see something sort of from fruition to delivery and beyond. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wanted to be on the client side of things and get that experience. And so I uh, actually, a recruiter approached me about that role, but it started off very differently. It started off as, um, I think the title was like web editor and communications coordinator or something. And yeah. then over time, um, I just got in at the right time. They were making a lot of changes. Uh, with their CEO and a new executive director in the department. And yeah, I got to work on those level of projects, which was such, such a great opportunity. Cool. Yeah. So what was that moment like when you were like, I want to start Armature Collective? Like, mm. how did it come to you? I, well, it's something, like I said, I've always um, dreamed of being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and had different, you know, various ideas. There was, um, I had some ideas about starting a retail store. I'm really into home decor and design. Uh, so there's business plans for that back when I was like in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. But after all of my experience uh, in marketing and advertising, it was something that I was really passionate about. And I loved being able to support others in helping to achieve their goals. Um, and it just, you know, after that many years in uh, a corporation, it was time for me to go on my own and give it a shot. And I realized I could offer Armature Collective um, in a way that supported freelancers, supported this move towards remote work. Mm -hmm. um, and sort of this creative economy. We're seeing a lot of younger millennials, creatives and strategists who want to go out on their own. They want to work on projects that excite them with um, people that they enjoy working with. Yeah. So I was just really passionate about that. I actually, um, when I made the, the final decision, like if I had to say a moment that occurred where I was like, this needs to happen, I went on a trip with a group called Unsettled uh, to Buenos Aires. It's a month long. Ooh. I went for two weeks because I was still employed. Um, but with Doctors of BC, but it's a month-long uh, trip where they bring together 20 to 30 people mm -hmm. into a city. Um, they organize accommodations, or you can organize your own, and you get to meet all these great people from all over the world, and they work remotely during that month. Um, wow. So I got to be a part of that and mm -hmm. see that, and that's when I was really like, I, I came back and I was really like, okay, I really need to make this happen now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this is too cool. Mm. Yeah. And we were browsing, obviously, your website, and we saw that you do only work with freelancers. So what mm. made you decide, like, only freelancers, like, and not kind of, like, hire your own team and yeah. kind of have a more permanent yeah. space? Well, you know, throughout my career, I've, I've always worked with freelancers, um, whether at the agency or at Doctors of BC, um, and I've always found them to be really passionate and motivated uh, and very flexible and mm. adaptable to the needs of the client. And, uh, you know, with Armature Collective, I realized that that could actually be a competitive advantage for us. You know, we are extremely scalable. Uh, so if I have a client who is a small business who, you know, just wants some of my time or me and uh, someone to help them with the logo um, development, uh, it could just be a team of one or two. If I have a client like uh, the Health Data Coalition we worked with, who I still work with, but we did a big campaign for them last year, our team got up to eight people. 
for that size of the project. Mm-hmm. So it's completely scalable. We're very flexible. We can bring people on as needed. Um, you know, the companies get more value, I think. We're not paying for overhead costs mm-hmm. of running an agency, you know, leasing office space, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, and a lot of agencies do bring on freelancers, like I mentioned, but I wanted to own that and have it be a part mm-hmm. of who we are. Um, and a part of our brand is that we really want to be partners with and support our clients. And I just felt that that was, you know, sort of very well rounded and working with freelancers that it sort of comes full circle. It's a, um, an environment of support. Mm. Cool. So yeah. how do you usually find these freelancers? <clears throat> like, are they yeah. all local or like international? Sure. Yeah. So, um, Typically, the, the freelancers I've worked with so far typically have been people I've worked with in the past um, or people who've introduced me to other people. Okay. Um, but it, you don't need to be local. Like a lot of my clients are, in, are international. I have clients in, I've worked with in Mexico, Romania, Hawaii. Oh, Our wow. team can be remote too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've worked with a few people who uh, are not based in the Lower Mainland, but based in BC or Canada. And a few who are based in San Francisco. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all about supporting that remote work. And, and to me, it's if you get the work done and you deliver when you say you're going to deliver, I don't care where you are. And I don't care if you're working you know, from midnight to three in the morning when you're most creative, mm-hmm. as long as we're getting the work done for the clients and doing what we say we're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such, yeah, a, that's good, so that's such a good, like, I guess, company belief to have, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to sit here from nine to five and like type away. And yeah. sometimes you have a block and you're totally. just like, yeah. I can't do this. Especially in creative work, you know, and, and not all jobs, that can't be the case of all jobs. Like nurses, you need, <laughs> you need nurses there to deliver the service yeah. or, yeah. or doctors or, you know, those types of roles, certain more um, service oriented roles that way. But with creative and strategic work, I I don't know, I found that a lot of the time my best ideas would come when I'm outside of the office. If you're enjoying this episode so far, please comment, glow up on YouTube and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars or we will find you. We will! Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm on a, you know, working at Doctors BC, if I'm on a seawall walk and I see something that inspires me or I'm talking it through with a friend or whatever, like that's when the ideas hit yeah. and, then you, and then you sort of keep it in your mind and you go to work the next day and, and, and work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even, I think that a lot of the companies uh, today are seeing that you need to be more flexible with work hours um, and doing remote work. And that actually results in, in more creative, better work mm-hmm. for them too. So you can, corporations can adapt some of these principles as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So how did you get your first client? Oh, my first client. Um, for, okay, for Armature, my first client was actually a friend, they were a contact of a family friend. Mm -hmm. So the family friend had heard about what I was doing and then they had a friend that needed some marketing support. I think it was, Mm -hmm. it was a Facebook advertising campaign that I did for them. So it was a, yeah, friend of a family friend. Wow. It was my first client, but, and that was just sort of a small project in the early days. Um, the client I'm, I'm sort of most proud of. Um, acquiring was through a formal RFP process. Mm-hmm. So they, we, an old colleague of mine, um, rec- knew that I was leaving Doctors of BC and or had left, and recommended putting Armature Collective on their uh, RFP list. And so wow. we received a big package asking us to put together a proposal. And so mm-hmm. me and two team members uh, that were going to be a part of the project if we got it came together and created a response to the RFP. 
and we won oh, the work. so cool. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the big, like, oh wow, this is, you know, yeah, this is the big client that yeah. we got. It's like, Amazing. I'm doing something yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. That was a little bit removed from, from family or friends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So what are your tips now for acquiring clients? Yeah, you know, I think that really it's about networking. Mm. And leveraging your existing network of family and friends or expanding your own network if you don't have a large family friend group or previous colleague group um, to rely on. So going to networking events, meeting people, um, partnering with others. So sometimes um, some of my work has come from people I've partnered with, uh, know someone who's looking for services. So a lot of it is networking and connections, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I I wish I could say, you know, all of our business comes through, you can just post on Instagram and get tons of business in our industry and, and I don't think that's the case a lot of it is personal connection yeah yeah but then you know making sure that you do have um when someone hears about you through someone else make sure that you do have uh, a website that you know really tells your story uh, explains all your services is really like professional and, and nice to look at um and that you are active on social because when people hear about you then they look you up yeah and make sure that you know your legitimate company and that, that you have work um, that you can show off. And, and then the other thing, networking, connections, and then when you do good work, talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so share tip. that. Because I that think work. I feel like people are too humble. They try not mm-hmm. to like, ooh. Yeah. It's like, hey, I did this for this company. Like, mm-hmm. then more people, I guess, would be like, ooh, like be more kind of, I guess, like attractive. Yeah, to for sure. It's hard when you're super busy too, to, as an entrepreneur, to take the time to put together like case studies and content for your website and for Instagram um, and share that work because mm-hmm. it's sort of like the shoemaker's kids, right? Like marketing your marketing company, you're, you're busy working on clients marketing. Yeah. And so, and so you don't market yourself as often yeah. as you should. So that's something I've really tried to be aware of um, and try to put lots of effort into. Yeah. And then another thing is, you know, share your successes, but also your, um, your challenges and your struggles. Um, I think people really relate to that. So for example, um, I was nominated for, uh, the RBC Women of Influence Awards, mm-hmm. um, which was such an honor. And I put together the package and submitted uh, in the one to watch category. And we, we, Armature Collective, didn't move on. But I shared on LinkedIn the other day just about how, you know, we're really proud that we made it through the application process and that we did this and, and put this application together as a result of the nomination. And people are liking and, and commenting on that post saying congratulations, even though it could be seen as, you know, a failure. Like I didn't get yeah mm-hmm. to the final round um it's sharing with people that we were nominated and that you know and sharing our, our process and our journey with others and people are responding to that too. yeah so don't That's be afraid a really good tip yeah, yeah. Don't i feel be like afraid to share yeah that. i feel like it's more real too because like you don't always win mm-hmm. things but it's okay to keep people in the loop yeah yeah, yeah exactly and and you know with that it's i was definitely you know a little bit bummed when i saw that email but uh to be able to say that we were nominated in our first year of business there's something in that that's yeah. really you know that's yeah. really exciting and that's really cool and so yeah don't be afraid to share those things that's too. really how long have you ran a armature collective i left my corporate role i left dr cbc uh last february oh so it's so just, it's only it's been like just a year yeah. yeah. that's awesome yeah holy smokes congratulations Thank you. you got nominated yeah. <laughs> i honestly so good. i'm so lucky to be surrounded by so many supportive individuals um the community of uh, entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs, uh, and my friends and family and that network has been so supportive. And I think that's, you know, to have someone 
submit that nomination for me in the first place is just really, really, really um, wonderful. And I'm mm -hmm. so grateful to have that network. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you had no idea that they were submitting? I didn't, actually. Oh, wow. No, there's other ones, like, there's other ones where, you know, in all honesty, I've gone, hey, can, you know, hey, can you nominate or yeah, hey, can you yeah. submit that, that um, form or whatever so people will see Armature? But this one I had no clue. Wow. And I think I was having a bit of a hard day, and I, I got to my co-working space, and I opened my my phone as I was walking up and there was this, you've been nominated for the RBC. And I was like, what? <laughs> Thank you, Heather. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So do you have any tips for dealing with like extremely picky clients? Have you ever had to mm. handle that? Yeah. You know, luckily enough, I've had very few sort of quote unquote bad clients or difficult clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my main tip would be follow, really trust your gut instinct. So, you know, I had, there, there was this one case where in my first meeting, I sort of had a, a feeling that we wouldn't be the right fit. Mm. There was sort of that gut instinct of, oh, I don't know if, if I'm what they're looking for. Or I don't know if this is going to go smoothly. And I didn't follow it because it was early days and um, I just wanted to work. Yeah. And yeah. As, as a new entrepreneur That's or a new fair. freelancer, it's easy to do that, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you don't want to say no to work when you when you need it, and you're yeah. watching your savings or your bank account go down. Yeah. Um, but I wish I trusted that gut instinct. Mm. Um, and I think that the the thing to look for outside of sort of just your intuition is you want to really make sure that the the, the client um, sees the value in the work that you do and is willing to pay for it. Mm. So if you're trying to convince them, like for example, in marketing and branding, if you're trying to convince them of the value of marketing, not just your work, but like the value of what you do, the value of marketing, you're already, you're already losing. Mm. If they don't, the, the best clients see that they see the value in it in the service that, or the product that you provide, they know that they can't do it themselves or they don't have time to do it themselves and that it's important and they want support. Because if you're trying to convince them, like, why you should be on social and why I should do it for you, you're going to run into struggles, I think, yeah. along the way. Um, you don't want someone who, as you're delivering services, is thinking, well, is this even worth the money? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The other thing, I think, is you want to make sure that you're working with people who um, are open, are very trusting, and uh, are open to um, trusting in your expertise. So, you know... A lot of the time, people need to be educated. They don't under they might not understand about why you do that on social or you know how branding is more than a logo. And you need people who are, are willing to have that conversation with you and for you to sort of push back and say, "Hey, this is why we do it this way." Yeah. And at the end of the day, they're the client; they get what they want. Mm -hmm. But um, you want someone who has sort of that two way can have that two way conversation with you, um, and allow themselves to be educated about you know the um, the rationale behind the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those would be my tips. And then open you know open communication. Um, educating along the way, uh, that always helps when you're dealing with a, a difficult client. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. important. So you're mentioning clients who might not have the time to do their own branding or marketing. Oh. So for the ones that do, do you feel like there's a wrong or right way to brand? Like, do you feel like people who try to make it on their own, they're kind of missing a certain aspect of branding that mm. might be overlooked? That's a great question. Uh, my, my main... The, the thing that I think people miss the most often with branding is that a lot of individuals think and it's changing a little bit because branding is becoming a bit of a, a bit of a buzzword, you know, with personal branding and yeah, influencers yeah. and that kind of stuff. But people think that 
that branding is just about a logo mm. or some colors. And that makes up part of the visual identity of a company or a service or a product. But branding is so much more than that. Branding is about creating an emotional connection for your target audience to your company. It's about standing for something. Mm -hmm. And those organizations that stand for something and have that trickle through every aspect of their client interactions, like the way that you answer the phone should align your, your customer service reps answer the phone and deals with customers should align with um, your brand. The uh, tone of voice of content and copywriting should align with your brand, with who you are. So there's that whole strategic portion that I think people miss. They think, oh, as long as I have a logo and some colors, yeah. that's my brand and I'm set. Mm. But it's so much more than that. And that's what I wish people understood. You know, especially in, in medium to, like, medium to larger size companies, it's really, really important. Mm. It, it's a part of your culture. Yeah. And if you have a, a fulsome brand strategy that talks about how you want to be described, what you stand for, what your promise is to your clients, um, what your purpose is, then you also have to take that and um, make sure that your employees really own it throughout all levels of the company. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's so good. Just like how we, we're all like about sassy, it wouldn't make sense for us to have like this super professional like thing. Like, right. <laughs> you know, like, like, a, like the voice. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. voice yeah. is just very like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be like an inconsistent brand. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it sends mixed messages to your audience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sure. and your brand comes alive in, like for Armature, my brand comes alive in who I am and how I present. And same thing with you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. yeah, that's good. So what are some of your future goals? For the business uh, goals for the business um, I want to continue to, to grow armature um, I as I and also grow myself as a person as a, as a business owner um, I'd love to expand the team and have some on, like continual ongoing um, client work so that I can grow that team on an ongoing basis and provide mm -hmm. stability to the freelancers that I'm working with yeah um, I'm really interested in getting into a few industries uh, health tech uh, I think is um, growing exponentially, especially with AI developments um, and the use of data in health. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested in that and expanding in that area and also working with cannabis because mm. uh, cannabis companies are, it's kind of the wild, wild west out there right now. Yeah. yeah. just happened. It's like coming out of prohibition. And I think that a lot of um, cannabis companies are either going to uh, live or die based on their brand and how they mm. roll that, especially with recreational. They're, they're yeah. not, you know, not just medicinal, but they're, they're marketing directly to, consumers and to a new target audience mm -hmm. um and so i'd love to get involved in, in cannabis branding yeah such well. a good idea that would be fun because it's huge yeah. Right now. yeah it's gonna be big and there's a lot of you know even like with cbd oil there's a lot of companies in the states doing really good jobs a good job mm -hmm. of marketing and branding especially to females yeah, yeah. for health and wellness yeah mm -hmm. definitely so i'm really interested in getting involved in that space yeah it's definitely blowing up mm -hmm. All right, Kate. Yes. So our business questions are done. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> we have a couple, and uh, we have three fun questions just mm. so we can kind of get to know you and your personality. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, we judge a little bit. So our first random question is, what are your favorite things to do during your downtime? Oh, that's easy. Um, I love yoga and spin and going to fitness classes, especially with friends. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm a reader. I love reading a good book. Um, cooking. 
Um, I'm into I'm into the crystals and the sage and the yeah, yeah. Oh, we love that stuff. <laughs> I had a chance to sage before you got here. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I sage the place, yeah. and then people walk in, they're like, "Oh my, what's that?" I'm like, it's just sage. Love that. So yeah, I'm into that. Um, I'm I'm trying to get into meditation on a consistent basis. Um, that's always a challenge for me. It's yeah. I, when I do it, I love it. Yeah, even if it's five minutes a day, but it's it's one of those things that I've had a hard time working into my daily schedule. Mm. Me too. Um, but yeah, I just love hanging out with friends and and uh, I'm very social. I'm an introvert, but I'm a very social introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, going to happy hours with friends and and travel, of course, travel. All fun um, things. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it's been a while for me. But. <laughs> it's fun. So second random question: yeah. How do you think you would do if there was a zombie apocalypse? Like Walking Dead style. Yeah, like what would you do and would like, you survive? Would you, yeah. <laughs> I have always thought that I would be awesome in a zombie mm. apocalypse. I don't know. I don't know. I just I think I'm very resourceful. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't run that fast. So, but they sort of like hobble. Yeah. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think I'd, I think I'd kill it in a zombie apocalypse. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> if money was not an issue, is there any other careers that you would like to try? money weren't an issue I, I'm really into film mm. and I sort of dabbled in acting and writing and directing um, so I'd love to just go around the world and make beautiful films and tell beautiful stories yeah uh, either that or or I'd love to write like be a like a curator of experiences like write Ooh. about you know like on CNN they have the travel shows or like Anthony Bourdain, oh, you know, do, would do his, his tra- travel food and, and um, writing, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think food and traveling would be my favorite. Yeah. Top food. Ten. We always would be a dream food. job? Yeah. I think that would be. Just like yeah. eating on camera yeah. while you're traveling. Like, whatever. YOLO. Beatbugs or something. Oh, I don't know about that. It's a fair trade, though. If you could travel, but all you had to do is shoot one episode and eat bug, like, every time. Every time. Like, one Like, like, just, like, okay, eat a cockroach. I'm going to travel now. If I I had to eat one cockroach each trip and everything was free, I would do it. Right? 100%. Right? Yeah. I think I would. Okay, one. I think I would. I guess you would be desensitized. I think by then you'd just swallow it like a pill or something. (laughs) Crush it up, put it in a pill. Oh, Do you remember dear. that show Fear Factor? Yes. yes. Yeah, and they used to have the, I thought I'd be good at that too, and then until the bug eating. Oh. I, I can't even something disgusting. think about them dumping the bugs on my body. Oh, I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, I would, I would This took a dark turn. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your topic. All right, so the third part mm. is going to be a fun this or that lightning round. Oh, okay. So we're going to ask you all the questions. Just answer as quickly as you can. Okay. There are right or wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This is the judgment. Yeah, this is the judgment. Okay, Okay, number one. Music festival or Broadway show? Broadway show. Sunburn or mosquito bites? How many mosquito bites? Are we talking like two? I think a bad sunburn or like a nasty collection. I'm getting itchy. Probably, (laughs) Probably sunburn. Okay. Stripes or polka dots? Um, stripes. <laughs> I'm wearing stripes. Yeah. Right <laughs> Lipstick or mascara? Mascara. Be really tall or really short? <sighs> I know. <laughs> That's a hard one. Really short. Online dating or blind date? Online dating, just because that's 
because I've done it. Yeah, it's the thing. I've never done a body before. Have really oily skin or really dry skin? I think really oily. Have really nosy neighbors or really noisy neighbors? Uh, nosy. Because I'm kind of annoyed. <laughs> my boyfriend came home last night, and I, I, our neighbors next door, really, really lovely, and I had just um, gone in yesterday afternoon and had like a gossip sesh. Oh, my next door neighbor, and then so my boyfriend came home, and I was like, oh, this and this, and this person across there is pregnant. And did you know that this person? Oh. The strata won't put the gates in across the. It's just, yeah, definitely nosy. I feel like I'm but, like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Drink something sour or eat something stale? Uh, eat stale. Ooh. Would you rather sleep on a really dusty bed or on a smelly rug? <laughs> Where did you guys come up with these questions? Google. Um, Google just like, really, like lightning down to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm really sensitive to smell. Like if there's a, yeah, no, dirt, dusty bed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do a smell. Uh, like and you're trying to sleep? No, yeah, there's no way I could sleep. So. But then I'm super allergic to dust, though. So oh, like, yeah, I am too, I actually. <laughs> you can take a pill, right? Yeah. To not sneeze, right. but you can't take a pill to not. You can just take a sleeping like pill. A, no, like a heavy Benadryl, then you just knocked out, yeah, no allergies. Yeah. Wake up, leave. <laughs> Dusty yeah. bed or smelly rug. Whose house is this? <laughs> In this scenario. That's All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We had so much fun. Yeah, Thanks that for was having awesome. me. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. We enjoyed learning about branding, everything. It was good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Peace out, dudes. Bye. Bye. Hey, Glow Gang. Thanks for listening. Did you love this episode or what? As promised, we made a killer freebie for you. So hit up woglow.com or check out the link in the description for how to start a podcast in seven simple steps. Give us your five golden stars on iTunes and we'll be your best friends, I swear. And please share this episode with your babes that need some glow and will benefit from this. Thank you.